you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The Around the NFL podcast. Missed out on Dogecoin. To the moon! <laughs> Money's into that stuff. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room, back in the old virtual room, filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. Wow, boys. Listen, this time last year, we were doing bunker casts. We were in the darkness. We were in caves and garages and and had no contact with the outside world. This weekend, you know, really starting with Thursday uh, with the Pridecast, the first annual Around the NFL podcast Pridecast from Morocco's and great feedback on that show. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it. And we love being back out there. And then Connie and Gonzo and Kristen, their friend, uh, launched the uh, latest Dad Summit. So we were uh, partying at her place. And then there was a boat cruise out on Marina Del Rey that I was uh, lucky enough to be a part of. Wow, that was a summer weekend. Yeah, I was there on uh, on Saturday. It was felt like more of like the the training ground, the warm up. The kids were you know were allowed to be there, part of the festivities. And then the boat was just like full on debauchery. But I give them a lot of credit. They had like good kids, uh, free stuff to play with. Like they were very they were very on top of it. And then I, it looks like Sunday was just I don't know. A lot. Yeah, well, I, I'd like to. I missed out. Um, you know, we had we had a lot of soccer. Um, activities in our house so is playing that role but you are getting a lot of mileage out of soccer is going on lately whenever there's any type of social engagement oh yeah well no i mean i wasn't using that as a a leverage to not go somewhere but it was it didn't work out but um, i want to know more about this boat trip because it sounds um it sounds frisky it was great it was booze cruise um we had a nice crew there my my wife was there connie lakeisha um handsome hank our great friend deeker uh drew from the network side just like a a really varied crew a bunch of philly maniacs like channing eagles and all this other stuff going on on the boat it was fun but uh i got the farmer's tan of all time 
um, really one of the top farmer tans I've ever had in my life where it's just like, it's crazy. It like, it's wild. Um, but that's part of being in the sun and we're back outside around other humans. And that's awesome. part of being a farmer. I mean, you know, right. It's, you know. it's part of having alabaster skin, but living in Los Angeles. That's that true. Austrian skin, Dan, that you were talking it does. about. Well, you know, I yeah, survived in the sun during the pride cast. Mm. I made it. I just made it. I know you were you were tucked away in, in the shade, Mark. And then I saw you text the next day. You were like, "Is everybody else okay?" Man, that sun was killer. Mark was like on a Tahiti vaca- Tahiti vacation underneath a palm tree during well, the whole I, show. That's what I don't get. I came home and I had like a killer sunburn. <laughs> yet I spent almost no time under the sun. So something very strange happening in the atmosphere. It's the lack of the Austrian. Pigmentation, bro. Oh, okay. We'll chalk it up to that. All right. Nice show today. Nice show today. Got two more shows this week um, as we uh, edge into summer. And this is a a big week around the NFL because 18 of the 32 teams start mini camp. And we're going to kind of just spin through it. An old school bunker cast type vibe here. We'll just do a spin around the league, go deep dive on the news side of things. And I feel like that's that's the good way to get us caught up. That's what we do. Because, Greg, you know, listen, it was a little frivolous. Um, you know, we got loose on Thursday, had some fun. Uh, but we are a football podcast, and we just got to, like, get very serious about that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think we need to get too serious. Deadly serious. If, if we had the juice to be able to pull that off, like, every show, I think we would. But uh, I don't know if we have that inside of us. to do, You know, that wouldn't, it wouldn't be special anymore if we could do well, that. I'm almost surprised that we reconvened before taking this little breakthrough. That was like a WrestleMania event for us. And now we're, like, in a... That would have been a good last like, show. Would have been, right. yeah. This is like a Nanuet, New Jersey, like undercard that people are <laughs> apparently still going to be listening to. Like right. we're, we're Monday, Wednesday, and then we're off for six days, but we're still coming back next next Tuesday or whatever. It feels like it's the last week of school, you know, like, and everyone's going to get out for summer break. Um, but it really isn't. You know, you guys have your TV show. I'll be gone next next uh, by next week. We've got the TV all right, show. And then, like, it all, it all turns right. around pretty quickly is what I'm saying. It feels like it because the NFL is about to take off for a month and a half. And my kids are done with school as of Friday. So or you know, you've got to love you got to love the fact that Greg's first move is to downplay the concept of vacation. It's not really a vacation. We're not really getting away. I mean, We're not right? really doing anything. We'll, We're we'll going to be back next week. Soon. Yeah, I know, but that's depressing. I don't want to. Th- I yeah. don't want to think about that until next week. We will have some time off, but it'll be closer to the end of this month, early uh, early July. Yeah. But uh, all right, let's get to. Without further ado, um, we have sitting in because Ricky's still on this bachelorette party, which is wild, by the way. We got some dispatches, some Unbelievable pictures, some content. video clips, some crazy stuff going on uh, with these bachelorette parties. And by the way, one of the people on the booze cruise was uh, Ricky's girlfriend, and I did ask her, uh, that was the ATN Media Insider, I did ask her, are you really okay with her going to this bachelorette party where the bachelorette is actually her, Ricky's ex-girlfriend? She said she sniffed it out, had conversations with the, when the relationship first started, um, and feels comfortable with the situation. And I just wanted to say, that's what Eric had said as well, so it all checked out. I would say this too. I mean, Erica, in terms of what content we're getting from the party, and she's been very generous with sending along um, clips that I don't think would be necessarily put out for the public. Um, She's the gatekeeper and there is no hint of her running afoul of the rules. She seems to be, to have her act together. Some of the other people involved 
in the um, the lesbianic bachelor party to me uh, do not seem to be playing by any rules on any level. So I, I, if anything, Eric has you know done done her job to contain herself. <laughs> lesbianic bachelorette party. All right, let's do the news. But anyway, Dan, Greg, Mark. Sessler. You got a huge fan down here. Some bloke and Aussie loves Dan Hansis. Dan, you're the best. That's my story. There we go. Right. We corrected that issue, Mark. It's been corrected. And, and by the way, like I'm not sitting around fuming over that event, but you know, I, like, I, I don't think about it. I, I think that Kyle is an ally of our show and one of our, and I, by the way, I have, I thought about it enough where I've actually spoken um, to the person who spoke with Kyle and I have, um, full details on what that actual conversation was, and we'll just wow. leave it right there. Wow. All right. Uh, speaking of which, we have developing news. We were looking for the mysterious Aussie, big fan of our program, and sure enough, the miracles of social media, we found him. And he is a, it turns out he's an actor uh, with a really, really impressive uh, IMDb page. And he, he's currently on an Amazon program. Uh, his name is Matt Leneves. Let's listen in on Matt's uh, social media uh, experience. G'day, Dan and Kyle. I'm the mysterious Aussie from the bus. Stay nine of quarantine. Clearly, Kyle's lost his mind. He's doing Aussie accent impersonations. He's locked somewhere in this hotel. I'm not sure where. We're not allowed to see anyone, not allowed to open the door. Kyle! No, nah, he didn't hear it. Anyway, day nine's been made a lot more special because I've got a shout out from the around the NFL. I've been listening to you guys for 10 years. You're the greatest, honestly. Dan, Greg, Mark, Ricky, and the late, great Chris. You guys hold a special place in all your fans' hearts. I just want to say thanks for everything that you do. And um, yeah, hopefully one day we can all meet. Take care. What a class act. And you can see Matt Lenevis on Amazon's Absentia. How about that? Wow! I will tell you, I'll tell you something else. Um, he's on. He was on a show because uh, I, I went and kind of did a deep dive into some of his work. He's the one I spoke to. He's a wonderful guy, uh, total sweetheart, and he is on a show called The Offspring. Thanks for breaking that news. No, he's just he's a great guy. He's he's on a show. He was on a show called The Offspring, um, and he appears in. Se- he sort of shows up around season two, episode four, and he is the he is like the hunky love interest, like. He sizzles mm. on screen. He has leading man um, energy and vibes. So I would suggest anyone go check that out. Um, he is a genuinely talented actor. Wow. Hunky, sizzling. I haven't heard Mark this excited since Brad Pitt took his uh, shirt off. I would have. On a time. Well, exciting. that's fair. But I would have um, Emily, you know, she's in casting to take a look at his at his uh, skills, too. They are legit. Wow. And to, to be clear, Mark, we didn't think that he like said Dan, Greg and the guys. We, we never thought that, you know, that right. that we were putting on Kyle. You right. know, that we're putting on. That Kyle. was very clear, I thought. But I think guys. there was yeah, a bit of a guys. game of telephone that happened with um, with that interaction. But <laughs> that we'll, explains it. that's fine. I do appreciate all the the tweets that have come since seeing like great to hear Dan, Greg and the guys all back together. <laughs> I do not. I don't like those at all. Um, they bring me no pleasure. In fact, they border on annoying. You know, it did. It also crossed Order. my mind. You know, Matt is a successful actor. I wonder if we have any other well-known listeners, like people that are successful in the entertainment field or, you know, 
sports and another sport or whatever. I, I doubt there's a lot of NFL stars listening to our show, but yeah, you never know. I would, um, I would um, wager no. Like what, what if like uh, Jack Nicholson was like a huge fan of our podcast? That would be awesome. <laughs> I, I don't think so, but. <laughs> All right, let's get to the news. <laughs> All right, let's start with Greg's Patriots. Stefan Gilmore, the 2019 NFL Defensive Player of the Year, star cornerback. You know, he is at a bit of an impasse with the team regarding his contract, and he is not at mandatory minicamp, the Patriots, one of these 18 teams this week. Um, everybody needs to be there, and if not, you're getting a fine. Gilmore is not there, and it's unclear if he plans to be there for the rest of the week. He's subject to almost 94 or $93,000 in fines if he misses all three days. Greg, we know how Belichick can be, and he is not afraid to move veterans. Uh, do you think Stefan Gilmore is going to be on the move at some point before 2021 season begins, or do you think this is just contract posturing and they'll get something done? I don't think he'll be on the move because Belichick loves Stefan Gilmore so much. He made very similar noise before last season, and they gave him some extra guaranteed money going into the year, which is very rare for them to do, where they didn't give him a contract this then just like gave him a little extra money, which is, I can only remember them doing that with like Wes Welker. Uh, he speaks so fondly of Gilmore, and he tried to, Belichick did almost cover up that he wasn't there today, like, oh, there were weather issues, so we're not totally sure if everyone's going to get here, and they asked specifically about Gilmore, and he was kind of putting it off. He almost trying to do Gilmore a favor, I can't imagine they're going to give him some monster contract extension, so that's problematic. He's coming off a quad surgery, which is pretty serious for an aging cornerback, but I think he's all in it to win it this year, and Belichick is, in that they'll come to some sort of agreement, maybe with something similar to what they did uh, a year ago, and they're not too worried about minicamp is my guess. Training camp is a little different. Yeah, I mean, I think he, you know, Gilmore has a point. He's the 24th highest paid quarterback yep. in the league. He's making about 7 million base salary. So it's just, you know, even his camp is probably saying, look, we've got to maximize um, your earnings. You're 31 in September. Uh, let's get you as much money as we can. But do I think that you're going to get a mul massive multi-year deal? No. I mean, but, but maybe it's just what they did last year because it would be atypical of the Patriots this offseason to suddenly start shedding star players if anything they seem like a team totally trying to bounce back and win the AFC East it's funny like you mentioned that Greg about you know weather issues or having some travel like this is the same Belichick who remember when the bomb cyclone blizzard hit New England and it became a big story in January 2018 he's like nobody nobody is late for practice I don't care what you have to do and the guys were so scared of Belichick that they were all like checking into local hotels so they could walk to the <laughs> facility if they had to. Now Belichick's like, ah, you know, summer storms and things of that nature. No big deal. Right. It's all about the player because in that case, he was using that specific example. I remember it well in the snow to to make an example of Adelius Thomas, who was on his radar from the moment that he signed with New England. And that was like one of the last straws. And I, I think he loves Gilmore. And Gilmore wasn't quite as good last year when he was healthy. And then he had a pretty serious injury. So he's he's a little bit of a question mark in general. But I just can't imagine they would 
they would trade him because you're not going to get like another good veteran in return. The only draft picks would, would be what people would send for him. In 2009, linebacker Adelius Thomas told ESPN he showed up nine minutes late for a team meeting after a snowfall nearly caused him to get into an accident on the way to the facility. Belichick sent him home. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like shaking up. He almost got himself yeah. killed trying to get to I mean, football practice and he gets sent back in the car. It's funny because they're kind of similar. They're two of, if not the two biggest free agent contracts the Patriots have ever signed. And Adelius Thomas was a total bust. And Gilmore, who, yes, okay, he's 24th in base salary this year, but that stuff is always a little misleading because when he signed the contract, it was, you know, it blew the doors off for cornerback contracts. And everyone was like, I can't believe they're signing someone to a, uh, the number one cornerback contract in the league. It's just since then, it's been totally passed. He's gotten that signing bonus money. And that's why, you know, just sprinkle him a little money, Belichick. Stop sweating the small stuff. You're out, you're on your boat and you know this. Yeah, doesn't sound like it is. That's what I'm saying. Sprinkle them a few million and hopefully this will this will go away. By the way, over at the the piers uh at the marina, Marina Marina del Rey, uh Snoop has a boat out there. Wow. A big purple yacht. And there was another one, a really obscenely large yacht, um, called the Hotel California. And the, you know, how with the boat on the back, it's the name of the boat and then where it's from. And it was Winslow, Arizona, hmm. which is, you know, a famous line from uh, Take It Easy by the Eagles. I, f- I figure that is Don Henley, noted dick of rock and roll um, with a obscene, ugly yacht ported in Marina Del Rey. These are just things wow. you notice when you're out on, on the water. good dot connecting. Well, uh, was anyone embarrassing on that boat, by the way? Did anyone? You, on, you our, on our boat, no. On your I boat. Did. I don't know about the other boat. On our, on our boat, everyone was, I wouldn't say good behavior, but everybody was able to uh, comport themselves with dignity. I saw one woman on a neighboring <laughs> yacht, um, and we weren't on a yacht. We were on like a little party pontoon, basically. But uh, a woman being, she was completely passed out, and she was on the top level of this like multi-million dollar yacht and they had to carry her body and she was a large woman had to carry her body straight down um <laughs> like some like uh, a ladder to get her down to the main level of the boat so they could get her off the boat and i guess get her into an ambulance i hope she's what, okay that's oh. like an alcohol poisoning scenario uh that's sun that will get you um yeah. and also speaking of the since we're in the patriots realm greg and you mentioned bus did you see this report from the Boston Herald that Nikhil Harry, and maybe this is just an ob- observation and don't put too much into it, could be fighting for a roster spot this summer? This is a first-round pick in 2019, Greg, and I went and checked out your projected starter series. Uh, you don't have Harry listed as a starter. P- Patriots obviously made some big signings across the board on offense. Uh, do you th- Would that be stunning to you that if Harry got cut third year of his career as a first-round pick? Did I have a note that he's not a lock to make the team? Yeah, I don't. You didn't. I went to check specifically to see if you had addressed it. That's why I wanted to ask. I, you he looks it. like yeah. Uh, yeah, I should. He looks like the fourth receiver. But then, if you're like the fourth receiver and you don't play special teams, and he has been a stiff, you could very well see them do one of the, these fake face saving trades. August 20th, where they trade him for a conditional seventh, which is like the condition is Nikhil Harry is no longer Nikhil Harry after we trade him, which, you know, it, they don't get anything for him. That, I, it wouldn't shock me. He's he's not looked good. It's not look good. That's rough. That, that, that would be rough. Uh, he was taking four picks before Debo Samuel, 19 before A.J. Brown. And then out of curiosity, mm. it's like who else in that first round is no longer with their team? And they're 
two interesting cases. You had one quarterback, of course, Dwayne Haskins, and then uh, giant safety DeAndre Baker, who had major legal issues. Well, that's usually the earliest that a first-round pick ever gets cut is training camp of their third year. And that's even that's pretty rare, but that's like the that's like always the unless there's something crazy like the two men the two guys you mentioned. Although Haskins, I guess that was just that was oh. an all timer. Yeah. Uh, in other news, another Rosenthal favorite, Russell Wilson spoke to the media <laughs> at the end of OTAs uh, late last week, and he addressed you know all the drama that swarmed around him earlier this offseason and uh, how in some ways. It got blown out of proportion. Let's hear what Danger Russ had to say. You know, obviously, I love Seattle. I love playing here. Um, you know, I've had I've had a, a great career here so far. Um, I've always wanted to play here for my whole career. Obviously, uh, I think there were some you know uh, unfortunate frustrations after the season. Obviously, you want to win it all and do it all and do everything you can. You know, and I think everybody on our team does. We we all want to win it. And um, you know, I, I think unfortunately, it got a little uh, you know a uh, little bit blown, blown out of proportion a little bit. Hmm. Eyes, eyebrows raised. I don't know. Like, who's who's the unfortunate? If you're saying that they they had unfortunate feelings and he's including himself in that, that would make sense. I think I mean, he, he did a little bit. He was saying yeah. right after the season, there were some frustrations about how things ended. First round exit after a 12 and four season. But you you know who you are, Russell Wilson. You've spent years building yourself up to where you are. Your agent, forget forget all the off the record stuff that they were clearly doing. His agent literally went on the record with Adam Schefter and listed the four teams that he would be traded to. Yeah. And so they asked Russell Wilson, I, I don't know who it was, but kudos, because that was the follow-up to have about that quote. And he was just like, well, I just wanted to, you know, make it clear if they were going to trade me where I would want to go. But the Seahawks were like, well, we, we don't want to trade you. We never brought that up. John, John Schneider was clear about that. He was on the record too. The CIA. So the, to try to like paint that as like it was blown out of proportion. You guy literally went. You like how I just I just threw you a piece of raw meat, Greg. <laughs> but I agree. I, he, I agree with what you're saying. He he's not. He's a little clumsy with how to play the game. There are other guys out there that can do this in a way that doesn't lead to this type of, I wouldn't call this a mea culpa, but walking back certain elements of his offseason strategy. Well, what about the the anecdotes of him storming out of meeting rooms and, you know, being so upset with the offense? I mean, I think when he was at the Super Bowl, sitting with Goodell, watching Tom Brady, um, you know, win it again after going to Tampa Bay and having incredible say and pull on a new franchise, that started him and five other quarterbacks down this road of malcontent status. And yes, it got, it got, it just simply, it didn't happen for him. He didn't get moved. I think they addressed his concerns to some degree by trading for a couple linemen and adding people and, you know, re-signing Chris Carson. But like had the Bears trade scenario been okayed by Seattle and Russell Wilson wants to finish his career with the Seahawks, would he have been okay going to Chicago? Would he have been okay being traded? Or just none of that happened. So now you're back in front of reporters and you have to make good with all this um, absurd drama that occurred. Right. I get, I just have some faith in the audience a little bit here. It's like, we can handle the truth. You don't have to, like everyone sees through this stuff anyways. So, right. you know, Seahawks fans are going to love you if if you play well. I mean, uh, it, it is a tricky thing to like go back and, you know, get them back all on, all on your side. But I don't know. Just be honest. Um, speaking of malcontents, Le'Veon Bell, uh, currently without a job in the NFL. He uh, made some news 
early this week uh, by coming after Andy Reid on social media, um, writing, I'd never play for Andy Reid again, dot, 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 I'd retire first. Uh, and then this head, one of my favorite headlines of uh, the year so far, the offseason, Le'Veon Bell apologizes for public comment about Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid, but does not regret at all what I said. <laughs> That's not really how it works. Le'Veon walked it back thusly. I said what I said, and I don't regret at all what I said. For those who have a personal problem with me because of what I said, that's fine. You have your right. Just understand I also have my right for how I feel about my personal problem with dude because of what he said to me. Bell, of course, was cut by the Jets um, in the middle of the season in 2020 after signing a huge deal with New York a couple of years earlier and bombed out there, went to Kansas City, wasn't even didn't even play in the AFC title game and in the Super Bowl, and now is back on the on the street. And this is probably not a way to hang around in the league, uh, going on pu- going public with this stuff. But uh, that's what he did, and he's an outspoken dude, and he always has been. Who would have thought a couple years ago? Uh, you know, you, uh, you go back to 2017, which is great season. If we said in 2021, I mean, running back careers change drastically, but like Wayne Gallman has a job right now. Taiwan Jones is on a roster, and Le'Veon Bell cannot find a job. And to to waste um, the fact that, I mean, the A, we're discussing this and it was, you know, it's a light time for the NFL and it popped up. And so, of course, we're going to. But the fact that this is something that was I had to ponder in my mind, this <laughs> stupid scenario um, going after Andy Reid without clarifying what it was Andy Reid said. And then, as you said, Dan, a totally um, a totally false, absurd, fraudulent uh, semi apology that really wasn't one at all. I just, I, I find it to be extremely um, mentally tiring. <laughs> Probably like yeah, his I mean, agent saying, hey, hey, dummy, go apologize on Twitter. We're trying to get you a job. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't successfully right. pull it off. It, it, a lot of apologies are like, I'm sorry if you were offended. This wasn't quite that. Uh, this was just, uh, I apologize, but I don't regret what I said, which does just doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, it's it's that time of year where this was a comment as a, res- it was like a response to a comment in someone else's Instagram post yep. or whatever. But I think the reason why it made news, not just because, oh, wait, Livian Bell's, you know, still around, is no one, no player has ever disliked Andy Reid. Like that is the one NFL coach that seems to have like a ninety nine point nine percent approval rating, and that every like is the ultimate players' coach. So when when you talk on Andy Reid, I think then that got people's attention. And it's funny when when he was talking his way out of New York, and he was burying Adam Gase. Everyone was kind of siding with Bell because everyone knows Adam Gase was in over his head and really bad at communicating. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, I think. This one's getting like a little mixed up because I think Adam Gase is awful as a head coach and a communicator. But I also think that Lev Bell is a bit of a knucklehead. And and now he's doing it again at, the, at this latest stop. You said it. You said it, Mark. In 2017, you could say Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley were the two best running backs in football. And neither of them have a job wow. here in uh, June two, 2021. Uh, both still in their twenties. All right. The post, the post Steelers, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown experience has made not just Mike Tomlin look better for keeping the train on the tracks for as sure. long as he did, but just the decisions to let them go uh, better in hindsight. And uh, one last note on this, Honey Badger, he chimed in 
um, on the controversy, or if you want to call it that. Um, he tweeted, these fellas blame everybody for their lack of success. That's how I know I'm built different. Mm. Oof, that that cuts. <laughs> the fellow star, uh, Tyron Matthew. All right, here we go. Moving on, Kyler Murray, the former number one overall pick, entering a very uh, a pivotal third season in the NFL with the Cardinals. And um, this feels a little tropey, a running quarterback uh, sharing – uh, his feelings Trope in the offseason about wanting to run a little bit less. Let's listen in to Kyler Murray. Honestly, the way I see it is, uh, you know, my, my leg should be a luxury. Um, and, and it kind of it kind of wasn't like that last year. It was kind of me um, having to run for us and st- or in a sense. And, um, you know, once once, you know, I was, you know, my shoulder was banged up or whatever. And I was, you know, I wasn't trying to uh, put myself out there and take those hits and stuff like that. Uh, we kind of we kind of took a law you know hit a law and um, you know I, honestly I think it was good for us uh, you know I think it was a lesson for us that um, you know we, we can't be one dimensional uh, we just got to be better in all all areas all aspects of the game. Mark, we were socially distanced in my old garage uh, last late last season. It was a Thursday night game. I want to say maybe late November when he injured that shoulder. And that maybe gets slept on a little bit of their their season, and he was never the same after that. Maybe he's he's thinking I need to avoid that type of injury happening in the fu- in the future. But at the same time, like this is what makes him special, right? It is. I mean, it totally it totally neutralized their offense. You know, they scored after that game nine fewer points per game, uh, and it was an offense that I found frustrating to watch to begin with, especially in the red zone. And we've talked about Cliff Kingsbury. But when you took away his running element, because, you know, they tried, he played hurt, give him credit for that, but he wasn't able to just take off and run the same way. They were not, they just were not, they were easily kind of suppressed on offense and they fell apart. They were six and three. I mean, that, that Hail Mary game against the Bills feels like a million years ago because the way that season ended. So I hear what he's saying, just because in terms of like career longevity, I mean, no one had more rushing yards outside of Lamar Jackson than him on the ground from the quarterback position. But you, if you do take that away, what's special about their offense from from looking at them today? I mean, it, I just don't see something special at all. Yeah, I'm glad I heard the quotes with him saying it because I think he's talking about his own improvement too. I mean, I think he's talking about I don't I don't want to rely on that either. And we had to. He was on pace to break Lamar Jackson's rushing record before that injury. Mm. I. It, it's kind of like, okay, players are just better now in terms of athleticism than they used to be. But to me, he's there with Lamar and Michael Vick as the three best running quarterbacks ever, just in terms of just purely like good at running. He is an unreal. I mean, he still put over 800 yards. He made guys miss. And and I think that was part of the excitement early in the season was he was just making stuff up, but they did not have a lot of plays within the structure of the offense. And I think the other NFC West teams, which, you know, have some big defenses, the Rams and the 49, uh, they seem to have a pretty good beat on what Kyler Murray wanted to do and knew how to stop it. Transaction wire, the Dolphins sign linebacker Jerome Baker to a three-year, $39 million contract extension. Sell it, Dan. That is the same Jerome Baker coming off back-to-back century mark tackle seasons. Career-high seven sacks, good for you, young man. Get your dollar. Jamison Crowder going to have less dollars in his pocket uh, this season after Rap Sheet reported that the Jets renegotiated their deal with the wide receiver. Um, 
I heard from a little birdie. He basically got his salary slashed in half. Um, so he's probably going to make it in the area of $5 million on a one-year deal. And it's still not out of the question that he gets traded um, before week one. And finally, Nick Mullins, the former 49ers quarterback, has signed with the Eagles. A bit of an interesting landing spot because, of course, your favorite, Mark, Stone Age Pony, Joe, Joe Flacco, is there already backing up Jalen Hurts. Um, you wonder if Mullins is a camp arm or a legitimate uh, option for them. I don't know, Mullins, like, I get that he's, you know, not maybe a starter, but Mullins did some good things in San Francisco. I kind of wondered if maybe, you know, with the Niners link in New York, that maybe the Jets would have gone after um, someone like Mullins. They've got James Morgan. I think it's a little telling, to be honest with you, why the, like, uh, Robert Sala wouldn't want anything to do with it. He's sloppy. The numbers are crazy. I mean, remember, they always show those stats of, like, the best yards per attempt in the first, you know, a thousand throws of his career and it's like nick mullins is there with dan marino and Mahomes. right oh, yeah, I, think he's like a, I think he's a great example of like if you're a, a football fan or you're not like plugged in 24 7 on the team you looked at some of his games and his numbers you're like oh nick mullins is good and then the 49ers couldn't wait to get rid of him and then he sits on the market for all this time before getting a he was uh, hurt though. He is coming off an in, yeah, he's coming off an injury. So that that's partly why I think he he took so long to get signed. I don't even know if he's healthy. He has now, come back he, from an elbow, that is true. Not yeah, Tommy he, John or anything, but it, it was an elbow injury. They um of these three signings, the Baker one, it was such huge money. I it just got me thinking how the Dolphins are very unpredictable team. And one of the reasons I think they're unpredictable is I don't know if like any team disagrees with PFF more than the Dolphins. PFF has a pretty large influence, I think, in the way that the media, including myself and, and others, uh, talk about players. And a lot of times at these positions when it's like, well, I don't really have that hot a Jerome Baker take, you know, you head over to PFF. And PFF has you know buried him as one of the worst uh, players and the Dolphins also have made these moves where they've cut or traded players who are very highly graded at PFF. They seem to love their young offensive line with PFF hates. I don't know like what this all means in the long run, but it's like they just gave a guy who PFF thinks is one of the worst linebackers in the league like massive money. So we'll see who's right, Miami or PFF. The war is on. Well, I mean, if you <laughs> look it. at like what Brian Flores said about him, like Brian Flores loves him, and they've got Jalen Phillips, and you know this guy can rush the passer. He's good in coverage. They also, though, like do Doesn't you leave re- the field, which is rare for a linebacker at this right. point. Right. Do you re-sign Emmanuel Ogba? I mean, that's someone out there. And also Mike Isicki, who I think is like definitely someone to hold on to, is in the final year of his contract. They're gonna have to start paying players soon. It's interesting with uh Crowder and the Jets. Last season, when the season opened, and it was a forgettable season on so many levels, but uh, do you know Chris Hogan was their starting wide receiver? He's playing uh, lacrosse he's now, now. He's now in the National Lacrosse League. And now, flash forward, I'm not saying the Jets are loaded at wide receiver all of a sudden, but all of a sudden it's like a, it's gotten to the point where Jamison Crowder, especially with the emergence of Elijah Moore, who people are going nuts about in every write-up about the Jets having an amazing um, initial camp with the team, that Crowder doesn't really have a spot. He was their clear-cut number one last year. Um, we'll see how that mm. all sorts out. Well, I, I would like to say uh, they should keep him. Yeah, I think I think smart teams need like four or five options now in the passing game, and the Jets are one of those teams that has it. It's awesome. And shout out to Chris Hogan, by the way. We were there uh, 
while he was making some <laughs> catches in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl comeback against the Falcons. Chris Hogan, a little bit of a forgotten player in that game, made some pretty big plays in that game, Chris Hogan. I, well, I actually lost a sandwich bet because I think I had a sandwich bet, something along the lines of that he'd have 120 yards receiving. Oh, didn't go that high, but I know he had at least four or five catches uh, in, in some big plays. I, I Because I, I blocked out a lot of that Super Bowl <laughs> second half. But I do remember it more with the Miami Dolphins as an undrafted free agent, Chris Hogan, 7-Eleven, always open. Yeah. He was one of those, the great underdog stories of hard knocks about seven or eight years ago. Greg, I want to check in here. You know, we're this on this podcast, we're tracking that Denver Broncos quarterback room very closely. Oh, I'm not putting them in the show anymore. Let's stop this, please. And you had pointed out, no, I think it's only fair. It's only fair, Greg. Okay. Because when you you wanted to surface Von Miller uh, quotes when he was apparently giving a little nod to Teddy Bridgewater as the guy he wants to be the quarterback, I must just let you know that Von's going both ways on this one. Okay. So they're asking him, mm. uh, they're asking him about Aaron Rodgers, and Von said, "Listen, I, I got to ignore all that stuff. You know why?" Hold on. Wait a minute, he said. We've got Drew Locke. That's who we're running with. That's mm. who we're going into the season with until anything changes. Greg, that is a shot across your bow directly. Well, maybe he Teddy heard, talk. Maybe he's a leader on the team that heard, you know, Locke wasn't too happy about these other convers you know, so now he's just trying to make up for it, you know. <laughs> I don't know. People have talked. At that camp, I think, that that, I think that one shook uh, Greg up a little bit, Mark. I, was, I think I, Greg does not want to go down this avenue. I wanna, yeah, I don't. Hey, but so I, Mina Kimes pointed out to me uh, just you know recently, Teddy, 17th in QBR last year, 13th in completion percentage <laughs> over expected. Hey, the stats are the stats. The stats don't lie. You know, they don't. Stats they never don't. lie. That's true. They, they're having a tough time, though, the receivers dealing with both quarterbacks because people are saying that Drew Locks passes. Now, I'm not saying the guy is Mr. Accuracy. But uh, that they come in fast, hard. But the Teddy's balls, like Teddy's throat, throat football throws, are like these looping, more looping arrangements Oof. where it's tougher to. They don't come to you as quickly, and so it's you can't. They're not both quarterbacks are very different. Which one would I, you rather have? I'd rather have the catchable ball, and we've seen uh, those Drew Lockett uh, <laughs> rocket shots firing into the sideline since since college. <laughs> I want that like Chad Pennington after his third shoulder surgery looper. Comeback player of the year. He made it work. <laughs> uh, finally. He was awesome. He was awesome, by the way. Since it's the, the total offseason depth right now, I do have a Chad Pennington take. Okay. I think I, I think he's pretty he's now like used this some sometimes as a as a not a punchline, but it's like, oh yeah, this guy he was nice. He like overcame like shoulder injury. People do I don't think understand what a baller chad pennington was he is historically underrated like he had incredible quarterback skills and if he had a better situation at points like he would have won even more games he was a great player that's all you, i'm saying i think what he really got dinged for more was he was in the tom brady draft and he was a first round pick uh so everyone says oh the jets they blew it uh, da, da. tom brady won 187 picks slater uh, but yeah, especially before he got hurt, uh, one of the better jet seasons of the last 20 years is when Pennington replaced an aging Vinny Testaverde and the Jets uh, won the division in a playoff game 
in 2002. He was a legit badass. Hurt his he, shoulder. His next level, like the throws he could make and attempt because of his accuracy, he is one of the best throwing like quarterbacks of all time in terms of putting it where he wanted to. Right, and great with the play action. He really was. Uh, he was the best Jets quarterback in my lifetime until this kid. That's all. Well, you know, that's all. The Chipotle kid came along. Wait, so um, Zach Wilson is now, he's already superseded. <laughs> I, I like to think so. That's the way I'm, I'm trying to be positive about this. Uh, like finally, that. in the news, I did a little search of this just so I had the article in front of me, and it came up the Spanish-language version for ESPN.com, and I just thought the headline was funny, so here it is. Dallas Cowboys ven a Ezekiel Elliott en la mejor forma de su vida, which means sound the trope <laughs> alert, Graver. Trope alert. Trope alert. That Trope means alert. Dallas Cowboys on Zeke Elliott. He's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, we Super did Trope alert. <laughs> oh, boy. Cecil's ready for vacation. No, no, no. I mean, that's, I actually like, we we, I went back are. and looked at a couple other off seasons and there were, there were similar headlines in like 2019. Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott is still in Cabo, reportedly in great shape. Ezekiel Elliott's weight is at the lowest it's been since his rookie year. I will say this. If there's one thing, like one of the first conversations I had about football with Wes was about running backs. And he really, um, I think, bought into when you found a running back hit the scene in August in like truly great shape. Uh, then they started to run really hard in the preseason. It was predictive of a, of a big year. I mean, Elliott, if anything, played behind an offensive line last year that was an absolute injury wrangled mess. They had three, their three best linemen, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Lael Collins, played a combined 600 snaps, 618 snaps, 154 and zero. I mean, they just didn't, they were a, they were a hot mess. So would Elliott in good shape be better? Maybe, is it a trope? It is a huge trope. Well, it should be stated that his backup ran really well last year. And look yeah. better than Zeke. In, he uh, did. He had a hundred attempts. I mean, do you? Th- I like Pollard a lot, but do you? Is Pollard suddenly like? I'm not saying he's guy? better than a peak Zeke Elliott. I'm just saying it's not like that line. I mean, if Pollard was bombing out as well, I just think Zeke Elliott probably maybe yeah wasn't the same guy physically right. last year. Maybe and now he's realizing it. This is his money's involved here because if he, he has another COVID. bad year, he's in trouble. He had COVID, missed a lot of work. Like he. Um, he is someone he's a trope being in the best shape of his life personally like this has happened three times he does right you know for what it's worth you know i think it's tough to put this on players too often but i've having gone to oxnard very often like on the first day of their training camp or a couple times it, it, the story is always either ezekiel elliott is totally out of shape and winded or ezekiel elliott is in amazing shape and it seems to go every other year like, right. I, you know, and that just seems to be where he's been as a as a player. And often when they have sh- when he has shown up and people are all excited about it, he does play awesome that year. And when he shows up in the, you know, out of shape, you know, then that's what happens. I would if I was, you know, and I will have a fantasy draft um, like millions of other people later this summer. I wonder I feel like he's a nice bounce back candidate. I agree. Uh, I think so. He was on my team last year and I had I shipped him. Um, in a multiplayer trade to handsome Hank's son in about week eight. Mm. I'm like, I'm getting off this Ezekiel Elliott thing. He was smart, high, highly frustrating. Well done, Mark. Well, taking advantage of a young, a young child. No, he was not a young child. He was making more. Henry's son was making more transactions than anyone in the league by two. Mm. Um, but my team cats are overrated, uh, was not swayed by that. I concocted a deal with him and we made the playoffs. 
Bussy's my size. All of Henry's sons, even like the five year old, is bigger than me. The five year old yeah. is larger Ouch. than you. His five year old is giant. It, it's it's going to be interesting. He, I think he's going to be a professional wrestler. I'm pretty sure of it. Something um, scientific is going on with that that third child. He's far too large for his age. <laughs> Wait, it's Alfie, right? We can I mean, name yeah, Alfie. Alfie. It's a healthy Alfie. young. It's a I mean, Henry young. will admit it too, though. Henry mm-hmm. will admit there's something. He's said it. There's something. I, I don't know what the word would be. Well, something how about unusual special? about it. Let's just say special. There's something special going on. There. It's special. Bionic. It's wonderful. Yeah. He could be one of those pro athletes, like a Aaron Judge, like 6'7", 275, all muscle. Like maybe he's just, that's his arc. Henry is 6'4", or whatever. The that's framework great. is there. Yeah. Henry right. was there on Saturday. Check. Money. It was quite a, like. Uh, that was outrageous NFL. when I heard that. Guess, Check back um, on the scene. That's how they're mostly known is as around the NFL guests. But uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> that. It was it was quite a it was nice to see all these people I haven't seen in, in a year plus in, in the flesh. Sorry. If you know how things work here in Los Angeles, um, certain people that live in like certain like if you live in the valley like Sheck does, he will never come to the west side of Los Angeles or its surrounding territories unless something Deadly serious is going on. So for him to go all the way to where uh, Colleen and Gonzo live. Well, they moved I mean, to that's Mexico. So, yeah, that's 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 a long trip. That was a show. That was a show of respect. That was a, a kiss of the ring of Connie. Ultimately. Absolutely. That's what I took out of that. There you go. Anything else to add here? No. I think you know, things are pretty slow nice in the sports one. world where the, the top headline right now on ESPN.com source colon Crowder takes pay cut to stay with Jets. That's the number one headline in sports. Wow. Right now. Now, we're probably jinxing it, and we're going to have to do an emergency podcast in 98 minutes. Uh, but that's where things are. But we got you caught up to date. You know what's going on around the NFL after the last 44 minutes. We've done our job. I feel like I'm taking a pay cut at our, at our company to keep doing this. I literally did take a pay cut during Corona. And there's been no, there's been no, like, hey, let's circle back and correct that. It's like, you'll be fine. By the way, we also took water out of the break room. Like, I mean, what next? Do you want to use this platform to make a formal pitch uh, to the powers that be to get that those wages back? I just did. I think if they heard that, they understand that I'm annoyed and I would like um, <laughs> it to be addressed fast, quickly now. There you go. You heard it. Now, boys, I am getting a little head start. I'm heading back east for the first time in two years. Coronavirus took so much from all of us. I did not get a chance to go see my family last summer. Um, I will be on a plane on Wednesday, which means you two gentlemen, and I'm sure a fill-in hero to be named later, uh, are going to handle the show. I have full faith, absolute faith, that you guys can do it, um, and I look forward to not listening. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> please. <laughs> but that's it. I'll I'll be out this week, but we got one more show, and... Uh, Yes, just to uh, so the audience knows. It's, I it's think- like the around the NFL broadcast that I will be missing. I'm going to get my whole family around. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna check it out. <laughs> I think you guys uh, did a savvy job scheduling these vacations. I I why am I doing all of this activity? I don't. I think I'm one that I should be <laughs> in a sleeping bag somewhere. We're taking. We got care. some. We got just so everyone knows. Here's the schedule. We got uh, yes, two shows this week, two shows ne- next week, and the network show is back next Friday. And then we're going to go dark uh, for a full week and maybe even um, the July 4th week. So we're, we're, we've never really done that before, but we thought this year um, 
for a lot of reasons. It'd be good to it's take a little time. Year. It's been a tough year, and um, to just spend some family time. And we, we hope you're still there when we get back uh, after that hiatus. But we're not there yet. Okay, let's go. Justin Graver, good job, buddy. Really nice work filling in for Ricky. And I'm sure when Justin Graver has a uh, bachelor party, it gets as crazy as a Ricky Hollywood bachelor. Oh, no doubt about it. So that would be my guess, just by my limited interactions with the man. Thank you, buddy. This is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm, the old boss. And yeah, Justin Graver, I call him the undertaker behind the virtual glass. (laughs) Until Wednesday. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. 
bostonproper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit bostonproper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.